You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. I just want to start by saying thank you um, specifically to Lorinda, Melissa, and my wife, Sarah. Um, How you guys do all that you do, I don't know, but I know one thing for sure, I couldn't do any of this without you. Yesterday would have been absolutely impossible if I had had to do it alone. It would not have happened, and I, uh, I don't have to ask you guys to do it. Um, I can just show up and know that you're going to be there and it's going to be taken care of. So I'm just very, very grateful. And, and for all of you that came out to help serve, um, thank you. Just, just because you, you had a desire to minister to this family and the opportunity that you had was to serve and so you didn't, you didn't get frustrated that that was all you could do. You just said yes and you jumped in and you served. Rhonda, thank you for showing up. Rhonda, uh, just showed up in case people were calling the church about questions for our service. Wasn't asked to do it, just showed up and manned the office and ended up getting and receiving several phone calls about this service and was able to clarify information about it so that people could be a part of it uh, from all over the country. And so we're just uh, really grateful for that. Another just amazing thing, uh, not have been possible had Sarah back in 2020 not set up uh, live stream. Uh, it was packed in here, um, it, but it was also standing room only in the fellowship hall. And there were also people from, like I said, all over the country that could not make it, um, but attended the service. So just really grateful for Steve and Sarah and just everything that goes into all of this. Um, Jay is on, on his way to Drippin', or he's in Drippin' Springs now. He and Carrie had a family vacation planned um, and they were supposed to leave Friday, but just put all their plans on hold so that they could be here um, yesterday and help with that. And Jay, if you're listening, um, thank you so much uh, for delaying your vacation to help lead us in just uh, really beautiful worship. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but Jay is really good at playing piano. Like he is really good at playing piano. Um, and it just adds such a, such a beauty when the notes being played are being played by someone that loves the family and loves this church. And so it was just amazing. Um, And this community came together for this family. And so if you're listening online, I just want to say thank you. Um, But let's not separate. We've been brought together through tragedy, but there is is still much for us to do together. Um, This this morning um, is... There's not a lot that needs to be said this morning. There's just not. We've heard plenty. We've gone through plenty. Um, and in preparing for this Sunday, you know, after uh, the incident on Tuesday, it's just like, okay, what does Sunday start to look like? And the Lord just said, um, he didn't say this. He just showed me this, that it's okay to wear the heaviness, and it's okay to bring it, and it's okay to have a service where you don't dismiss it. You know, a lot of times when we bring it in, the Lord has Jay put together a very, very joyful set list to kind of break that off of us. But that's not the case. This community is to grieve. 
together and to work through this. This house is to grieve. Someone that sat right there that won't sit there anymore. And we're to grieve with our family, um, members of this body in this house that are broken. And it just happened to be so perfect that Jay would, uh, Jay would have, Jay would be gone. And so very naturally, it's just going to be Sarah, who I don't know if you know her, is just peace as a person. Uh, huh? Well, yeah, yeah, but it just, there's just peace all over and overflows out of her. It's just, it's what the Spirit does, and it's just perfect, like, that she would lead us in worship uh, with those ladies, and she was asking me to play drums, and I just told her last night, it's just, nope, not going to do it. Uh, just, just need what those ladies brought, and so I just want to thank y'all for that. It was just perfect. It was what we needed it was, a pra- it was like being in a prayer room. I don't know if you've ever been in a prayer room, but it's just stripped down. It's just the presence of God and genuineness to Him. As simply as we can make it, just being genuine to God and just continuing with that. I didn't, we were having issues anyways uh, with, our, with our slides and stuff. I, don't, I had my eyes closed throughout the set list, so I don't know if the words were up or not, but... Um, I just knew coming in that I wasn't even going to give Marcus scripture. I just, if you can get there, when I, by the time I start reading, awesome. If you can't, just listen. I just didn't even want the distraction of a screen with words on it. I just wanted this to be so, so, so simple uh, for this morning. And there is so much for us still to do. Ephesians 5 verse 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God, as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And now to verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We know time is precious. We have been reminded of that in the, uh, the worst way possible. I can't imagine a more horrible way to learn that lesson, how precious time is. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God, making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God is making his appeal through us. We've read these passages often. We know them well, especially in 2 Corinthians 5. We've read this often in the last two years. 
God is making His appeal through us, and we know this now, that there is no time to waste. There is absolutely no time to waste. There is no time like the present because we are not guaranteed tomorrow. This lesson has been so ingrained in myself personally, but I believe in many of us in here and listening online, it has been so ingrained in us that I am not guaranteed anything after the breath that is currently in me. I am not guaranteed a thing. Even as simply to take another breath is not guaranteed. So what time do I have to waste? I cannot push off what needs to be done today for tomorrow because tomorrow for me may never come. And then the work that God has for me to do today cannot be. He has it for us today because He has anointed it for this day. We have gotten into the real bad habit of thinking that what God has for us will be there tomorrow. And yes, it will be there tomorrow, but will you? We do not know that. We have been so arrogant with the way we handle time, thinking that we can push things off, thinking that, oh, well, I don't really feel like doing that. I'd rather stay home. I was, I was talking to Marcus back there, that, that senior, that class of 2020 getting together again, and they were talking about how this is what got them together again. Why is that? Just a fascinating thing when you think about it, because I've done the same thing. I would... I would disengage from the people that need Jesus and need me and need the presence of God that lives in me so that I could sit at home a little bit longer and watch TV. Now, I'm not saying that's bad. Sometimes you just need to be at home. You need to shut it off and you don't need to be doing things all the time. We are not human doings, we're human beings. But we forgot what it is to be the sons and daughters of God day in and day out. There is action required in that. I don't just get to be royalty and not execute the actions of a kingdom. I don't get to sit in a place of authority and, I'll, and have no responsibility with that place of authority. We have a responsibility because of the identity that we carry. And it is to author, it is to establish the kingdom of heaven in the places that we dwell. And there is no time like the present to do it. We are here now. Now is the time to be kindness, to look, to search like a hunter looking for prey, to search for a place where you can be kind, to actively pursue it. Now is the time to love others regardless of anything, grudges. That time has come and it has gone. Do not hold any of that within yourself. Love others as Christ first loved you because your sin held him on that cross and he gave his love freely still. So who are we to hold this love of God freely given to us? Who are we to hold it to a cost to anybody else? Stop it. We must stop that. Because now is the time where they will either experience the love of God through me or I'll be gone and they won't. And I'm not willing to roll the dice and say, well, the Lord will send somebody else, I hope. I don't feel like doing it. Maybe he'll send somebody else. I don't want to roll the dice on that. Because he has sent us. And that is all we know. For certain, he has sent us. And we are here now. Now is the time to share the gospel with anyone and everyone who is willing to hear and who is unwilling to hear. I'm not talking about standing on the street corner with an offensive sign telling everybody to repent or go to hell. That's not what I'm talking about, and that's not the gospel. 
The gospel of Jesus we've just read. We count no sin. We hold it to no one. We hold their sin against them no longer. For we, they may not be yet, but we are a new creation. And within this new creation, I do not count the trespasses of those around me against them. I see them as Christ sees them when they become a new creation. That is who they are to be to us. And in this place, we hold no, there is no condemnation. There is no guilt. There is no conviction. There is freedom. There is love and there is kindness. We are a new creation and we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciling the world back to God is the task we have been given. Not part of the world. Not the easy people that want to hear what you have to say that we're already coming to church anyways. We have been given the task of reconciling the world back to its creator and the entirety of it, back to the entirety of him. Now is the time to be obedient, as we've talked about over the last several weeks. Now is the time to press into breakthrough. And miracles and breakthrough happen when the people of God are obedient. And they cannot happen without it. The people of God are obedient. Even if it is just the simplest thing of holding the door open for someone. And guess what? That is kindness, and the Lord has said to be kindness. So what is that? That's obedience. Not every act of obedience needs the Lord to specifically speak out to you and tell you what to do. He has told us to be kind. So every time you show kindness... You are walking in obedience and positioning yourself and those around you for breakthrough in the miraculous. That is what we do. That is what happens. And now is the time for it to press into what he has for us because we may not get another chance. I had this thought last night. Um, The Lord just continued to wake me up. He's teaching me a lot in this. Um, there's just just a le- level of vulnerability for me that I've never I've never been at before. Um, you know, I've in in three weeks I've buried two grandfathers and one of my youth students and dear friends, their son. That's happened in three weeks, and we're just like done. But in this has been such a vulnerability to God and what I have really understood in this and tragically understood this and it's a tough thing for me to get my mind around. But it is a comforting thing if you allow God to wrap his arms around you in it when you understand that he is truly all we have. What I mean by that, his presence, his forgiveness, his salvation, his grace, his mercy, his love, all the things that come with him. God, he is the only thing that can never be taken away from us. The breath in my lungs can be taken away. The people I love can be taken away. The job I enjoy, the place that I live, the house, the cars, all all these uh, just worldly things and all the things that we hold the highest value like family and friends, all of those things can be taken. And so many of us know this all too well. If the breath in my lungs can be taken, 
everything is up for grabs. The only thing that cannot be taken from me is God himself and the presence of him. That is it. And that is a hard truth to wrap your head around because I look at my children and they are not guaranteed to be mine forever. They can be taken. But he cannot. And we give the one thing that cannot be taken from us the, less, the least amount of attention. He is the only constant in our day. As constant as the sun will rise and the sun will set is God in your story. But we focus on the things that can be taken. Now I'm not talking about it's bad to focus on your family and your relationships. That's not what it is because if you focus on God, those are always abundantly blessed. I have never had a bad relationship come because I've been focused on the Lord. I've had relationships that needed to end because I was focused on the Lord. Good things, but I've also had relationships begin because of the Lord. And they are the greatest relationships. The greatest relationships. I met my wife because I was leading worship on campus at SFA. Only because me and a group of guys were pursuing the Lord was I able to find the greatest relationship I'll ever have besides my relationship with the Lord. So the greatest relationships come when we pursue Him, but we have got to recognize that He is all that we truly have. And if I have God, I have all I need. That's the other thing that is difficult for us to recognize. But it is necessary for where we are going to come to this place and be completely content with this fact that if everything in my life right now is gone tomorrow, I still have all I need because I have Jesus. Now it's one thing to say yes to it, and we can say yes to it in, in this moment because we still have all of these things. But it's another thing to just allow, because how can, you, how can you ever say yes to that without having everything pulled away? How can we ever fully, fully grasp what it is to only have Jesus? We can't, and that's okay. But to allow the Spirit, because it has to be Him, just as salvation had to be God coming to us, this decision that I just want you and only you, and I'm content if I only have you, coming to that place has to be the Spirit of God that does it in us. Because we can't in ourselves do that. We can agree with it, and we can say yes to it, but we've never been there. We've never experienced it, right? So it has to be the Spirit of God. And so that has been my prayer, that the Spirit of God would come. And we've been talking about it for several weeks. That He would truly be all that we need. But He has to do that work in us. And if you're willing, He'll do it. He'll do it in you. All I truly have and all I truly need. Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I don't know that there's anything more comforting to me 
now, and I understand it more than I ever have before, but to understand it, not only is he mine, I am his. I know how much I fall short, but I also know how he does not fall short. And he claims me. And so we go forward. We move forward, recognizing that the moment we're given is a complete and total gift. And it is anointed. The breath in your lungs, I understand this, the breath in your lungs are anointed. This day that you woke up and you got out of bed has been anointed for you to do the Lord's work. You have been anointed. There is everything that you need in this day. Everything that you need to do what God would have you do has already been released to you. That we could establish the kingdom of God in this community. Now I saw yesterday a church full. I saw a church with people around the sides in standing room only in the next biggest room we have. And it's it's not a celebration that that's what brought us together. It's, It's heartbreaking. We're sad that that's what brought us together, but that young man did bring us together. And for that, I'm grateful. But for going ahead, we need to recognize that 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 is how every day needs to be. If we mourn together and so naturally come together to mourn together, let us also rejoice together. Let us also dance together. Let us also live together each and every moment, not just the difficult ones. And now, This is also a challenge, and it's specifically for those that are listening online, and I don't mean to uh, make anyone feel bad, but the Lord told me there wouldn't be many that came this morning. He said, there's not going to be many that come this morning um, because everybody needs a break. Everybody's having a hard time, and they need a break. And we have misunderstood where it is we find rest. We find rest in the presence of God. We are members one of another. We talked about it yesterday. We are made for one another. And we will find rest together, not separated. So I would challenge you in this. Do not separate that you may find rest. Come that you would find rest. You will find rest in the presence of God with the people of God. You will not find rest on your own. It is a false pursuit. Because you were not made to find rest alone. You were, find, you were made to find rest in the presence of God. And so that is my challenge. Engage with one another. It's difficult because for so long in moments like this, we retreat to deal with the things we have. And now sometimes that's just necessary. Paul retreated and the Lord taught and the Lord molded and the Lord equipped and the Lord nurtured but it is anointed by God to do so. And right now there is but one family that just needs to pull back a little bit. The rest of us need to be pressing in. The rest of us need to be pressing in. Had Moses, 
and his arms grew weary. And Aaron and Hur not come to lift his arms, the Israelites would not have seen victory. But because they engaged with one another, they saw those who were weary and they engaged. And we act as though Aaron and Hur had not just come off the battlefield themselves. They were exhausted. They were fighting an army that sought to destroy them and all they held dear, they were exhausted and they came and they held the arms up because they knew within that was victory. Engaging with one another, even when it's difficult. Wednesday, the Lord, uh, so funny how he does this, he just really doesn't wait. Um, As I was preaching yesterday, the Lord gave me vision for Wednesday. It's really funny how he does that. I don't know how he does that without me getting distracted and just being like, time out, hold on, i got to finish this with the Lord. But he'll just deposit something in me and I can unpack it later. But Wednesday just showed me so clearly that we are to organize, and we'll take care of that as a staff. We're already going to work on that. Uh, and this, is, this is an announcement, but I asked Melissa to let me speak it during the sermon. The Lord's vision was very clear, that we would establish four groups of people on the four entrances to sundown and specifically pray over our community. And I saw as we were praying, I saw the presence of God just covering our town like a bubble. Now, it wasn't excluding us from the rest of the world like we think of a bubble, right? That's not what it was, but it was the presence of God covering our city because we asked him to do it. I remember specific moments where Sarah, uh, specifically, we, it was in our early years of living here, and Jay and Carrie had a vision of us standing outside of sundown, and we went down th- uh, 301, and we stood on this, f- this farm road, and we prayed because we had still not found a house. And we prayed, and we prayed over this city, and the Lord released a house that Sunday. I mean, just like that. And over the next several months, that house got renovated and ready for us, and then we bought it. I mean, just the Lord just did it immediately. And the Lord has tied me back to that of what happens when the people of God pray. What do we do when we don't know what to do? We are in a time where I don't know what it is for us to do as a community. You can feel it across the entirety of Sundown, Texas. We don't know what to do now. There are so many question marks. There are so many difficult things. This church still has a little girl battling cancer, being led by a mother who is battling cancer. There are are others that are, are broken and dealing with heavy, heavy things in this community. The school is dealing with heavy, heavy decisions. The the entirety of sundown is dealing with a lot of question marks. And so what do we do when we don't know what to do? The Lord says, pray and worship. And so that's what we're going to do. We'll meet here. We'll send out a text, and we're going to get a flyer going. We're going to post it on social media and all that stuff. But we'll meet here at 6. We'll break off into four groups. We'll have specific prayers that the Lord gives me and and people that are to lead those prayers. And then we're going to go. And we're going to pray over our community on Wednesday. We're going to intercede over this city. Um, 
And it's going to be something that we do together as members of Sundown, Texas. This is not a Sundown Church deal. This is Sundown, Texas, and the people in it. And we're going to begin to come together, not just for one day, but for every day. And in closing this morning, I have had this psalm on my heart all week. Um, There's a lot of people that it is a hymn. It's Psalm 42. Uh, There's a lot of people that have recorded it. It's a beautiful, beautiful hymn. We actually got to hear it at my grandfather's service, sung by maybe one of the most beautiful vocalists I've ever seen in my life or heard in my life. It was just, he, he was amazing. His voice was angelic. It was beautiful. But Psalm 42 has just been the description of where sundown is, but it has such prominent and important reminders of who the Lord is, who He is to be to us, and what He will do for us. Verse 1, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with a throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. With glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Haran, from Mount Mizar, deep calls to deep, at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me. A prayer to God, to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. The question that our enemies ask us, that the kingdom that seeks to destroy all that the Lord seeks to build, that question of where is your God? If we press in now, there is coming an answer. There is coming a response. It's again, it's the Egyptians charging after what they think to be a helpless people and what they hear in response is praise and worship. That is to be our response in this time, that they would ask us a question, thinking that that will bring us to our knees and the response that they hear brings shaking to them. That is to be our response when we don't know what to do, praise and worship, for there is an answer coming to this question of where is your God? But we must first hope in God.
He is our salvation. He is our rock. And in this moment, deep is calling out to deep. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your prominence. We thank you for your love towards us. I pray that we as a community would press into you now. That we would be united under the banner of Christ. That we would pursue you together. That we would see an Acts 2.42 church in Sundown, Texas. A people. Not just some of us, but all of us. A people. That devote themselves to the apostles' teachings. To fellowship. And to breaking of bread to spending time with one another, that we would devote ourselves to worship and prayer with one another, that we would operate in such obedience that would radically transform the lives of those that exist within our community. Give us favor in the season ahead. this community of Sundown, Texas, and the people in it would have eyes to see and ears to hear the presence of God and how they are made for it. And they would be drawn to it. God, draw Sundown, Texas into the presence. I pray that there would be a yearning that exists over this community. That creation would yearn for its creator. We love you, God. We thank you, God, that you are working. Even when we can't see it, when we can't feel it, we know that you are working and you are working on our behalf. Be with those who are broken. But give us eyes to see and ears to hear how we can be there for those who are broken. How we can be those that come and lift up their arms. That they would see victory. We love you, Jesus. Go with us. Before us and behind us, all around us, be with us. Light a fire in us to use the time well that we have been given for your purpose and for your will, not our own. We love you and thank you, God, that you have first loved us when we did not deserve it. We thank you that you are the only thing that cannot be taken from us. The only thing. So I pray that we would rest in the only constant that exists in our story. We would feel your embrace in this time and we would feel your leadership as we go forward. Again, we love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And so now, church, I would just ask you that even though there's heaviness and that there's still mourning to be done, 
One, we would recognize all those who are thirsty, all those who are weary, come to the Father. Come to Him. Don't run away from Him. Go to Him. But also recognize that in this time, beyond anything that I can understand, there is still to be joy that overflows out of us. Joy does not exist because you feel happy. Joy exists in sadness as well. So let joy overflow in sadness as well. It is not dictated or determined by how happy we feel. But we can still have joy. So let us be a people of joy that overflow with joy in a season of mourning. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.